1: Thank you.
0: Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Well, this is the last episode of The Fat Man. Join us next Tuesday. We will be bringing you Call the Police, and we'll talk a little bit about the Fat Man movie after we get into today's show. Today's episode is Order for Murder, originally broadcast May the 23rd, 1951.
2: Stay tuned for tonight's adventure with the Fat Man. Perhaps you don't believe in the kind of ghost that's supposed to haunt houses, but there are other kinds... Ghosts of words once spoken, ideas once held, personalities once present. They linger in our memories, and a walk in our nation's capital past the time-hallowed buildings which have witnessed so much of America's history can revive them. These are the memories, the all-pervasive ghosts of Washington. But for those of us who are unable to visit the capital, the same warm familiarity with the heroes of America's past is possible through the program Mr. President. Starring Edward Arnold, Mr. President, too, brings history to life, tonight on ABC.
3: There he goes. He's stepping on the scale. Weight two hundred and thirty seven pounds. Fortune
1: danger. Who is it?
4: Brad Runyon,
1: the fat man.
4: taxes is always with us. As long as there are crooked politicians and ambitious racket guys, the answer will be grass. If rich women continue to be careless with their jewels, there'll be headline robberies. And until somebody can change human nature, hatred in a heart and a gun in a hand will always add up to murder. Murder. <laughs>
2: The American Broadcasting Company brings you, in part transcribed, The Adventures of Brad Runyon, the Fat Man. Starring J. Scott Smart, an exciting and fast-moving criminologist who tips the scales at 237 pounds. Tonight's adventure, Order for Murder. Murder.
4: D.C. that day, finishing up a job, and a friend of mine who lived some 40 miles south toward the Maryland coast had asked me down for the weekend. I hadn't seen him in several years. Since I had my car, I decided to go. I ate dinner before leaving and cleared Washington just after dark. The traffic dwindled off gradually, and 30 minutes later, I was rolling along a dark, deserted stretch of road on the Maryland side, not far from the Potomac River. I must and when the motor of my car suddenly sputtered and died. I got out, but I couldn't find the trouble. It was a warm night, and back in the woods, a chorus of frogs were really whooping it up. I lit a cigarette, tried to remember the last house I'd passed, then saw the headlights of a car coming toward me. I stepped out and waved my lighted cigarette up and down. That's the trouble. My car broke down. Can you give me a lift into the nearest town? I go going that far. Well, do you live out here? No. Or I can use the phone.
5: Get in. I'll take as far as I'm going. At the house. I'll drop you off.
4: Well, don't they have a phone where you're going? I wouldn't know. Get in if you want to write. Okay, thanks. Hey, uh, mind, uh,
5: lighting a cigarette for me?
4: Yeah, keep it in your mouth. I'll hold the match for you. Here you are. Sorry, I should have warned you about the scar. Well, I didn't mean... That's all right. Come on, hold
5: the match for it. Here. Well, go ahead. Ask me how it happened. I'm used to it. Seven years is a long time.
4: The war? Yes.
5: Out on the island. That sweet, lovely, wonderful war. Maybe you know. Yeah, I know. Oh, it was great, wasn't it? More fun. <laughs> so funny, I thought I'd die, um, you know. Um... Her name's O'Reilly. Johnny O'Reilly, and I'm not a kid.
4: You couldn't tell by the face, could you? No, I guess I couldn't. Remember that
5: name, mister, because you're probably going to be seeing it in the papers soon.
4: Hmm? Why?
5: I got a lot out of that war, but I didn't get any medals, and I should have got one, too. The big one. But I didn't get it. Somebody else got it. You know who got it? Who? A major got it. Tie that if you can. A major back of the lines who let me do the work and then took the credit. I was hanging on in a hospital for more years than I like to remember.
4: Why didn't they try plastic surgery? They
5: did. Five times. The best they could do. <laughs> it's really fun. Been a long time coming back. But I'm back now. Seven years nearly. You were in the hospital seven years? Yeah, that's
4: right. Why didn't you protest when they gave this major the medal instead of you? I
5: did. It didn't do any good. In a way I'm glad now. Yeah. I'm going to make another protest in my own way. Now, as far as I can take you, i turn off down that little road over there.
4: Oh, thanks for the lift. It's a pleasure. Give me somebody to talk to. Mind if I give you some advice? No, I don't mind. Forget the war. Make the best of things as they are. Just what I'm going to do, mister. Uh, the river's down that way, isn't it? Yeah. Anything else?
5: Yeah, a major lived down there. I'm gonna pay him
4: a visit. I stood there watching the taillight of his car quickly fade out of sight down the little dirt road. It really wasn't any of my business, but the guy sounded upset enough to do anything. The least I could do was to try and stop him. I wondered how far it was to the river and started walking fast down the little dark road. I'd gone about a mile when the road turned off to the right and I could see the Potomac River through the trees. The road now ran parallel to the river and five minutes later I saw the lights of a house up ahead. It stood well back from the road in a clump of trees in front of on the river. There were no cars in sight. Beyond it, a couple of hundred yards, was another house. I started toward it when suddenly, down in the woods between the two houses, I saw the flicker of a small light. Flashed on, moved furtively around, and went out. I pushed into the woods and walked cautiously toward it.
1: George, George, is that you? George, they come. They're down there in the graveyard. I just saw... You're not George. Oh,
4: I'm sorry. I didn't mean to frighten you.
1: Who are you? Are you one of them?
4: One of who? The
1: spirits who are coming for the Major. Major? Yes. Major Smith. I knew they'd come. I knew they'd hear me. And now he'll suffer. Now he'll pay for his wickedness.
4: Does the Major live in that house?
1: No. That's my house. He lives over there beyond the graveyard. At least he did live there, but he won't live there anymore. Not after tonight. Oh,
2: Miss Nancy? Miss Nancy, where are you?
1: Here I am, George. Over here. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. What are you doing out here, Miss Nancy? You catch cold.
1: George, I saw them. They were down there in the graveyard. Uh, I saw...
2: uh, who's this man?
1: Why, why I don't know.
4: My name is Runyon. I'm looking for Major Smith's house.
1: You're a friend of his?
4: No, I've never even... But
1: I hate him. him. I hate him. I never want him. please, please, Miss
4: Nancy, Oh, yes.
1: You go
4: on up to the house, Miss Nancy. I'll stick with this
1: gentleman. Yes, George. Yes, George. Anything you say. Uh...
4: For
2: her. You get... it. See, she ain't quite right in their head, but she don't mean no harm. Mr. Smith coming here to live after all these years and bringing a new young wife with him just sort of set it off again. Why does she hate Major Smith so much? Well, uh, years ago when Miss Nancy and Miss Smith were both young folks, they was engaged to get married. But he changed his mind at the last minute and left Miss Nancy waiting at the church. He run off with another woman. What's all that crazy talk about spirit? Oh, that's just an idea she's got. That little graveyard over there belongs to the Smith family. Miss Nancy thinks his ancestors is coming out of the ground and take him away.
4: Mm-hmm, I see. Uh, this young wife of Smith's, she isn't the one he ran off with when he left Miss Nancy, is she?
2: Oh, no, that one died a long time ago. This is a new one. And if you ask me, he's going to be sorry every laid eyes on her. What do you mean by that? I mean, uh, she don't love him at all. They say she only married him for his money, and she'd like to get that just as soon as possible.
4: The old man turned and left me standing there in the woods. I looked down toward the graveyard, but no more light showed in the darkness. I went back to the road and walked quickly toward the major's house. Just as I reached the gate, I heard a car coming along the road behind me. I stepped behind a tree and waited. The car stopped near the gate. I saw a man and woman sitting in the front seat. As I watched, they melted into a long embrace. Then the door opened. The woman got out. She said something in a low voice to the man, and the car swung around and disappeared up the road. The woman turned and started up toward the house. As she came abreast of me, I stepped out from behind the tree.
3: Oh, Oh, you you startled me. Uh, Don't
4: be frightened. I'm not going to hurt you. Well,
3: who are you? What are you doing in my yard? Do you live here? Of course I live here. I'm Mrs. Smith.
4: Your Major Smith's wife? Certainly. Was that the Major who just let you out of the car?
3: Uh, you saw it?
4: It wasn't the Major, was it?
3: No, it wasn't. Who are
4: you? My name is Runyon. I'm a private detective.
3: So, my husband hired you to spy on me. All right, I'll save you some trouble. There is another man, and there always has been. I never loved Edgar, and he knew it. He was no good from the start. That's why he was court-martialed and discharged from the army. But if he wants to get rid of me, he's going to have to pay plenty. Now, anything else you want to know?
4: Mrs. Smith, your husband hasn't hired me. In fact, I've never even seen him.
3: Well, then, why are you here? What do you mean by... just a
4: minute. I met an upset guy on the road tonight, and he hates Smith. I think he may try to kill him. Sounded mad enough to be convincing. That's why I came here. Your husband at home?
3: Why, yes. At least he was when I left several hours ago.
4: Well, come on. Let's go inside. Very well. The guy dropped me back on the main road and headed in this direction.
3: He was in a car?
4: Yes, but I don't see it anywhere. Oh, uh, does Smith have a gun?
3: Yes, he has several of them.
4: Good. Hold it. What is it? Look there through the French doors. Is that the man? Yeah.
3: He's got a gun.
4: Yeah, he's covering your husband with it. What do we do? Those French doors are open. Can you enter the front door without making any noise? Yes, I think so. Okay, take your time. Go inside. Then go around and open the door to that room. Open it fast and loud.
3: What are you going to do?
4: I'll slip over by those open French doors. When the door opens, he'll turn around and I'll grab him from behind.
3: Well, suppose he shoots when I open the door. Don't
4: step into the room. Just bang the door open suddenly. Mrs. Smith nodded silently and started for the front door. I eased over to the house and stopped in the shadows beside the open French doors and listened to Johnny taunt the major.
5: How do you like it, Smith? How do you like sitting there waiting, knowing you're going to get it in a minute?
4: You're insane.
5: You're
2: a madman. <laughs> yeah,
5: I'm plenty mad. it been boiling in me for seven years. You probably don't recognize me, but the name is O'Reilly. Smith, remember? Johnny O'Reilly?
1: I don't know what you're talking about. I'm
5: talking
4: about a certain night in the island during the war. What? Okay, Johnny, that's enough of that. Come Fanny. on. Drop that get gun. Drop?
5: Not a chance. Drop Ooh. it. Grab the gun, Smith. Grab hey. it. Try this for size, fatty. Oh.
3: Oh. Stop him. Stop him. He'll get away. No,
4: no. Let him go. Give
3: me that gun, you coward. I'll stop him. <sighs> Come on. Oh, you let him get away. Wait, I couldn't help
1: it, Phyllis. I, I couldn't oh. seem to move. Mr.
3: Runyon, are you all right?
4: Uh, yeah, I think so. He need me in the stomach knocked the window out of me. He
3: got away. It was my husband's fault. He could have stopped him.
4: Where's his gun?
3: Here, here it is. Give it to me. What are you going to do?
4: Your husband and I are going out there and find that guy. Who are you? Never mind that now. Your wife says you have some pistols. Where are they?
3: Here in this drawer.
4: You take one and give your husband one. All right. And you stay here. Come on, Smith. Well, Do you think it's wise to go out there? We've got his gun. Yes, but he might have another one. Polish up that medal you won, Smith. It's time you earned it. We left Mrs. Smith in the house and went out into the grounds. The moon had come up, and we could see fairly well in the dark. We circled the house once, saw nothing, and walked down the road toward the graveyard. Here's the graveyard. Do you suppose he's hiding here? He's hiding somewhere. We didn't hear his car drive off. I think he... What's wrong? Look. What on earth? Somebody's been doing some digging. The grave. It's been opened. Yeah, not very long ago, either. This pile of dirt is fresh. That explains the light you saw. Yeah. I don't understand this. The coffin's still in the grave, isn't it? Yes down there. Why would anybody want to open this grave? Maybe Miss Nancy isn't so crazy after all, Smith. Maybe somebody's just making room to add another coffin. Hey, hold. The shot came from, but it hadn't been fired from close up. Smith clutched at his breast and then toppled forward into the open grave. I jumped down beside him and turned him over. His shirt front was covered with blood and his eyes were wide open. He'd never win any more medals or make any more enemies. He was dead. I crouched there beside him for nearly a minute, but nothing happened. And then I climbed out of the grave and started quickly back toward the house where we'd left his wife. Suddenly I heard somebody moving through the trees ahead of me. Stopped and waited. Steps came closer. Stopped 10 or 15 feet away.
3: Runyon, where are
4: you? Over here, Mrs. Smith.
3: Oh, Mr. Runyon, I heard a shot a minute ago. I thought... Where's my husband? What's happened?
4: He's dead, Mrs. Smith.
3: Dead? Then then that man did have another gun.
4: I'm not so sure about that. What do you mean? Your husband wasn't a very popular guy. There were a few other people around who might have liked to see him out of the way.
3: Are you trying to say that man didn't kill my husband?
4: No, I'm just saying it's possible he didn't.
3: Are you intimating that I...
4: Maybe. After all, you admitted to me tonight that you didn't love him, that you only wanted his money.
3: Well, that's true. I never loved him, and I did marry him for his money. But that's no crime. Lots of women marry men they don't love for that reason.
4: But they don't all have another sweetheart on the side. My
3: husband knew there was another man. I don't think he even cared.
4: He might have refused to give you a divorce.
3: That may be, but you're all wrong about this. I didn't shoot my husband. You
4: had a swell chance to do it. We left you in the house alone. You could have easily followed us. You had a gun. Where is it?
3: It's here in my coat pocket. Let's see it. Very well. Here. Well, are you satisfied?
4: Well, it hasn't been fired.
3: Of course it hasn't.
4: There's one other possibility, though. What? The woman who lives in that other house down the road.
3: Miss Nancy?
4: Yeah. She hated your husband and was prowling around out here in the dark when I arrived.
3: Surely you don't think she did it.
4: Did it, and somebody dug up a grave over there a little while ago. She was rambling on about spirits coming out of the ground to punish her husband.
3: Oh, sounds fantastic.
4: It is, but we'd better go have a talk with her. And we've got to call the police.
3: Yes, yeah, but my husband, he's still lying out there.
4: We can't help him now, and the police won't want the body to be touched. We can call him from Miss Nancy's house. Oh.
3: The light on in the living room. She doesn't usually stay up this lake.
4: Wait a second.
3: What's the matter?
4: Look over there across the road in that clump of trees. A car? Yeah, it's the one O'Reilly was driving.
3: Well, then he's still here. It must have been he who killed him, Mr. Runyon. Go
4: well, on, let's have a look at that car. Stay behind me. He may be hiding inside. All right. O'Reilly! If you're in the car, you better come out with your hands up. O'Reilly! Okay, I'm coming after you. Well, the car's empty. He's not here. Are
3: you sure it's his car?
4: Positive. He picked me up in it tonight.
3: What are we going to do?
4: I've got a hunch he'll be showing up soon if he hasn't spotted us. We better get back on those trees and wait. I took Mrs. Smith by the arm and drew her into the shadows. I stood there silently, waiting. Ten or fifteen minutes passed, and nothing happened. I looked up toward Miss Nancy's house... ...and saw that the light was still on in the living room. Suddenly, I felt Mrs. Smith's hand grip my arm. I held my breath and waited. Then I heard it. Somebody was moving stealthily toward the car. A second later, the figure of a man stepped into view. I slipped O'Reilly's gun out of my pocket and move toward him. Freeze, O'Ronnie, I got you covered. Huh? Don't move or you'll get a bullet in your back. Now put your hands up.
1: Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. What
4: are you looking for? A gun. I haven't got a gun. No, not now you haven't. Where'd you throw it away, O'Ronnie?
5: Throw it away? You didn't throw it away. You took it away from me. It's
4: Smith's house. I mean the second gun, the one you shot the major with.
5: I didn't shoot him running. I swear I didn't. Sure, I came out here to kill him, but I, but I didn't do it. I couldn't have done it because I, I didn't have a second gun.
4: Why did you hang around here? Why didn't you beat it when you left the house?
5: I was afraid to try to make a break for the car, so I hit for those woods over by the graveyard. I was hiding out there when you and the Major found that grave and started talking about that crazy woman.
4: Did you open the grave, Riley?
5: Of course not. I heard the shot and I saw Smith take that nosedive into the hole. Waited until you left and then tried to sneak
4: over here to my car.
3: You're lying. You killed my husband.
4: Okay, O'Reilly, start walking. Where are we going? To call the police and have a chat with Miss Nancy. <laughs>
2: the gentleman who was down in the woods earlier this evening. That's right. Well, uh, who are these people? Murder suspects. Where's Miss Nancy? Well, she's gone to bed. She's asleep. Uh, did you say murder?
4: Yeah. Now, please wake Miss Nancy up.
2: Well, well, who's been murdered?
4: Major Smith. Where's Miss Nancy's room? Well, right over there. She sleeps on the ground floor. Okay, wake her up. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, Miss
2: Nancy. Miss Nancy.
4: Open the door and get her up. Uh, What's wrong? She's gone. Miss Nancy ain't in here. Let me have a look in there. George! George! George, I didn't.
1: He's dead. I killed. What are these people doing here, George? Uh, Miss
4: Nancy, they say this. Just a second. Who's dead, Miss Nancy?
1: Why, the Major, of course. How did you know? How do I know? I know because I killed him. And I've just seen his body in the grave.
4: You killed him?
1: Certainly, I killed him.
4: What did you do with the gun?
1: Gun? What gun?
4: The gun you shot him with.
1: I didn't shoot him. I didn't have to. For years, I've been praying to them, but they wouldn't listen. So tonight, I decided to help them.
4: Oh, it was you who opened the grave.
1: Yes. Yes, I dug and dug. And finally, they were freed. I went out just now to see if they'd gotten him, and there he was, dead, and in the grave, in the grave, dead.
4: Same as off a beam, Runyon.
5: You know what she's talking about. You're
4: right, but she's harmless. She hasn't killed anybody, and neither of you. Right, I told you that.
3: I don't understand.
4: Maybe this will help clear it up, sweetheart. You killed the Major, and O'Reilly here put the noose around your neck a few minutes ago. I did? That's right. You told us you were hiding near the grave when we found it tonight. You heard the major and me talking about Miss Nancy, so you had to be pretty close to us because we were talking quietly. The shot that killed Smith came from 40 or 50 feet away, so it couldn't have been you who fired it.
3: But you saw my gun. You know it hadn't been fired.
4: That gun hadn't been fired, but you told me the major had several guns. Very simple matter to carry two guns and toss one away after the shooting.
3: You're wrong. No,
4: I'm not. The other gun will cinch it when the police find it. The important thing to know is we have to look for it. I
5: tell you, I didn't... Hold her, O'Reilly. Okay, not behave, Take lady. The off me.
4: Where's the phone, George? I've got to put in a call to the police and tell them I've got a murderer out here for them. <laughs>
2: The Fat Man, starring J. Scott Smart, in part transcribed, was directed by Clark Andrews. The script, written by Richard Ellington. Heard on tonight's show were Vicki Vola as Phyllis and Jimmy McCallion as Johnny O'Reilly. The music was conducted by Bernard Green. Listen next week to another exciting adventure of the Fat Man.
0: Welcome back. Well, more of an okay episode compared to uh, some of the other ones. Uh a little bit of a different opening sequence, but uh overall uh, I'm definitely going to miss the Fat Man and we it's been great to bring you all the uh existing complete episodes over these past 10 weeks and the movie i think is uh is special as well you do get to see a little bit of the uh talent of uh j scott smart on on display with the dancing and the acting uh but it also was co- an early showcase for rock hudson and uh, julie london and uh in some ways, it was modeled a little bit on The Killers, which also, which, it was a, uh, a movie where Edmund O'Brien was the detective, but the leading man and the focal point through most of the movies was the guy who had been, uh, murdered, who was played by Burt Lancaster, and they accomplished that through, uh, flashbacks. Well, speaking of The Fat Man, I did receive an email, uh, from, uh, Joan Richards uh, comments, uh, I came across a show on one of my other podcasts, Radio America. I downloaded it from iTunes, and the actor who plays in The Fat Man is playing in this Charlie Chan show, and I'm sending it to you to have a listen, and uh I... I pr- and appreciate that. I'd, I'd heard the episode before, but I'd not drawn the connection. But I listened to it. And uh, Jay Scott Smart does indeed appear as a police uh, detective in a Charlie Chan radio mystery. And uh, Charlie Chan is on our list to play. We've got to work a few things out. There's actually only one uh, American episode of uh, Charlie Chan. Uh, that half hour one, there are a few incomplete serials out there. Uh, but we have that on the list to play, so we've not heard the last of J. Scott Smart. Well, that will do it for today. Join us on Wednesday for Let George Do It, and uh then we will be back next week in a week with Call the Police from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry.